I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Raider Nation, it is time to talk about your favorite subject. That, of course, Las Vegas Raiders football. Thanks for being with us back here on Silver and Black today. An Odyssey original podcast. We do appreciate you. We get so much joy and entertainment and feedback from all of you. uh, And we just appreciate it. And, And the support you've given us continues to blow me away. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And we appreciate you being with us. And I don't do this alone. Nope. Nope, we are partners, and that is my good friend Mo Moten, who now joins us. Uh, Mo, of course, national writer for Bleacher Report, and also is the Raiders columnist up on SportsNot.com. All right, second day in a row. We talked yesterday, got some feedback. People thought I was a little negative yesterday. I apologize if that's the way you felt, but may- maybe I had a tough day. I don't remember because I, I, you know, it's all about today and tomorrow, Mo, not about yesterday, right? Stop being a negative Nathan, Scott. Be more positive like Mo, all right? Let's just talk about the good things. And and it's funny because we had one of the guys I really like. I like Danny Heifetz, who was on yesterday from The Ringer and Spotify. But Danny, you know, Danny's going to tell it like it is. He does not hide. And so Danny had some things to say about the Raiders in his all-index that we talked about about with him yesterday. And I think some Raider fans didn't like it because it wasn't – exactly perfect. Oh, the Raiders are going to be awesome. Right. And that's okay. I understand as a fan, you know, there's been enough negativity around the Raiders. I didn't think he was negative, but you and I tend to look at things a little more differently than perhaps some of our listeners. And that's cool though. I'll tell you what, we get good feedback when we don't do something well, or if people don't like something, I love Mo that our listeners tell us. Because sometimes we disagree and we say, okay, well, you know, that's just a choice we made and we're sticking to it and we'll see you later. But overall, 
I love it, you know, because people tell us what they like and what they don't like. And, you know, we want to deliver an entertaining and insightful show. And so it's great when we get those listeners to tell us how they think about things. Yeah, of course. Uh, both sides of the coin are great because your feedback helps improve the show. Uh, just about Jenny Heifetz's uh, piece, I, I just felt like uh, basically the Rays are ranked eighth. So they're one of the teams that are going all in. So I didn't see it too much as a negative. I think the problem people had a prop issue with was the fact that he said maybe they may be undermanned when it comes to other teams in the division. So that's a sensitive yeah. subject. And, and that's obviously very sensitive because uh, when you talk about the AFC West and you talk about the chiefs and the chargers and the Broncos, uh, people don't want to hear that. And so I get it. And the whole bazooka and the gun thing, that was <laughs> a couple people DM me uh, uh, after the show ran uh, on, on Wednesday morning and they said, yeah, you know, that. what is that all about? And so I get it. It's totally fine. People are really happy right now, very excited about the Raiders, and they should be. Uh, I'm not in any way, and you know on this show we've been very positive but also objective, so we, we try to stay that way. But thank you to all of the listeners for your feedback. We appreciate that. You tell us when you love it, and you tell us when you don't, and that's great. That's the way it should be. It's an open line of communication here. So here we are. It's over, Mo. Camp is over. The Raiders concluded their practices with the New England Patriots. Uh, and, of course, the news of the day, all we saw from the beat guys on the ground, from some national sources that were there. Of course, the whole Boston media was there covering the Patriots practice. Imagine that when you had to get the assignment. Oh, we got to go to Vegas for the week to cover the Patriots. Yeah, um, they're out there enjoying themselves. But all we heard about was Devontae Adams dominating. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams connecting on passes, beautiful passes as they've been described to us. Of course, we don't have any film or any video to see, but I'll take their word for it. These are the people, the men and women who cover the teams, and that was coming from both sides. So it wasn't just like Raider reporters or others out there telling us how great the Raiders did. We were hearing it from everybody. But isn't that what we expected? Yeah, it's pretty much what we expected to hear with Waller. And also Hunter Renfro had a really good couple of sessions against the Patriots. Uh, there was one Patriot reporter, Greg Bedard, I believe, yep. of the Boston Sports Journal. He was really hard on the Patriots. Like, you know, he was saying basically he said Tuesday was the Patriots worst offensive showing of camp. And that could be partially because the Patriots offense is disoriented. That could be partially because the Raiders offense actually playing well. I saw Jayon Brown in one of the clips had an interception. I believe Jonathan Abram had an interception on Wednesday, but he had it with the second or third team. But overall, I think when you look at the two sides, the two teams, the Patriots and the Raiders, the Raiders got the best of that matchup in joint practices. Absolutely. We also heard about the Raiders' offensive line dominating <laughs> against the Patriots' defense in practice. So that was other news that kind of trickled out about that. But again, as you said, I think the Patriots' media overall has been very hard on them. I say hard on them with, with, a, with an asterisk, right? Because I wasn't there. I don't know. But you're right. I, the, the mood around the Patriot team seems to be very hardcore. Boy, this is going to be tough. They're not looking great. But then again, it's Bill Belichick. Do we honestly believe that he's going to go out there? Uh, and I know that's players on the field, but is he going to show anything? I know him and Josh McDaniels, all the video of them hanging out and yucking it up on the sideline. And of course, Bill Belichick with all his praise of the Raiders practice facility, and the Las Vegas media talked to him, and he actually 
seemed to be more at ease being there, even though his media pool was there, talking to the Las Vegas media was a little more open. Of course, he doesn't say a ton, but he seemed to be a little more talkative than he is usually when he's back home. Yeah, I also saw a clip of Bill Belichick walking around with a title belt. I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> the UFC. Um, he, yes, he he seemed think, pretty jovial. Yeah, I think they went over to the UFC's headquarters in Las Vegas. They have a training center. I think that's where that was, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he seems to be kind of just living it up in Las Vegas. I was going to say, Vegas brings out the best in Bill Belichick. Who would have thought we would get two smiles out of Bill Belichick? And two joint practices. He, he cra- kind of cracked a smile when he was talking about the Raiders facility. It was a Taj Mahal of, of football facility. Yeah, yeah. And then, as I said, with the title belt, you got to see a little bit of Bill Belichick's personality, which is shocking to see in, in small snippets even. It is. And I will tell you, I w- I've only met and been around Bill Belichick once. It was when I was in the boxing business. And we went. I went down with one of our, our fighters, Deontay Wilder, the former heavyweight champion, we went down to Phoenix for the Super Bowl because he was doing a bunch of stuff and I was with him down there. And we went to a restaurant and that night there was a, a, a party by NBC. NBC was our broadcast partner for boxing. And they were having this big party. And so we went to this party. It was at a restaurant. And Bill Belichick was there with his wife. Uh, and uh, he comes out of this, this booth. It was like one of those booths where they have the curtains for dining. And all of a sudden the curtain opens up and out comes Bill Belichick and Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth and, and, and Belichick's wife and somebody else. I'm not sure who it was. They came out and Bill Belichick, uh, I got introduced to him really quickly with, with Deontay. He was talking to Deontay about boxing. And uh, I mentioned a couple of things with football. And I mentioned to Collinsworth at the time his son was playing at Notre Dame. Of course, I'm a Notre Dame fan. So we talked about that a little bit. But Belichick was very at ease. He was very funny. I mean, he had a really good sense of humor talking to Deontay about uh, just stuff in general, including boxing and football and all of that. And um, so that was my experience with him. So to see him do in his normal mode, it, it's different, right? And it just goes to show you that in the business, especially football, I know it's football, but it's also entertainment. And so people sometimes have a role to play. And that's certainly the role he plays with the media usually. But we get back to Devontae Adams, Mo, and I want to talk about him, too, because there's a couple things that came out. The Pivot podcast was a great interview with him. If you haven't seen it, I, I recommend you go watch it. But Devontae Adams, we, we know how good he's been. We know how good he is. Here's my question for you. When you look at him on this Raiders team with Derek Carr, a top 10 quarterback, I know some of these rankings have come out recently and don't put him in the top 10. I put him there now because of what's around him. I know that's not earned yet because he's got to go out and play. But when you look at the situation that they're in and with Devontae Adams in the Josh McDaniels offense, just how good can he be coming into a situation where he no longer has the Hall of Famer quarterback in Aaron Rodgers there? He's on a new team. Uh, What do you think about him and his role in Las Vegas? Is he going to be able to live up to the Devontae Adams of Green Bay? I hope Brett Favre is listening to this, but uh, yes, he is. He's going to be fine. Uh, again, he may not get as many targets as he got last year with the Green Bay Packers when he didn't have a number two guy, a solid number two receiver behind him. But he's still going to be effective in the red zone. I still think he's going to have 12 to 14 touchdowns of those inside the 20-yard line. But he's going to also open up the field for Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller once he's healthy again. We'll talk about that later. But he, he he's going to help others. 
and then he's going to help himself to some uh, touchdowns and I would say about 12 to 1300 receiving yards. So Devonta Adams will still be the Pro Bowl overall player that you've known with the Green Bay Packers catching passes from Derek Carr. And they saw reporters and spectators who were there at the joint practices got to see a little bit of, of that Tuesday and Wednesday. No doubt. And um, it's interesting. You mentioned Hunter Renfro. I saw somebody retweet. I don't know who who it was saying that they felt Hunter Renfro is going to lead the team in receptions, yards and touchdowns, which I find hard to believe with Devontae Adams. Even if Devontae Adams targets go down, I still think that uh, as much as I love Hunter, that's no no shade thrown at Hunter. Of course, a former silver and black today um, guest, a weekly guest on our show when we were on Raider Nation Radio. But uh, to me, Devontae Adams is a whole different level of wide receiver. Um, and if you look at that and, and what he's done and what he said on the Pivot Podcast, I want to read this. That's why if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm looking to the side here because I'm reading this. Uh, on the Pivot Podcast, they asked him how he preps. And I love this visual, Mo. I thought it was one of the best visuals I've heard from a top-tier wide receiver. And they asked him how he approaches the game. And he said, uh, I got a plan every time I get to the line based on what you're doing, i.e. The, the defense. And I put my Terminator mask on. And if you're right there in front of me, I drop down the scroll. If you remember the Terminator, when you're looking through the Terminator's eyes, the, the, the computer comes up and you can see that. And he says, uh, and uh, the, I, I get three ideas, something I want to do based off, and this is pre-snap. So that's when plan B kicks in based on what you do. Because I'm going to come off, I'm going to get uh, patented, I'm going to skip off and kind of hop off the ball, and it's really an illusion. Uh, so there you go. He gives a little bit of an insight into how he approaches the game when he gets to the line. And we all know how good and how much he dominates at the line starting off uh, and getting getting prepared in pre-snap and then go. Talk about that and, and that visualization and what that says about Devontae Adams. Well, number one, it says he studies a lot of film and he knows his opponent. Football, people think football is just you throw the ball out there and you beat your guy one-on-one. -on -one. When they talk about film study, knowing your opponent, knowing the defender that's across from you, that's what Devontae Adams is into. And he knows how to get off the line of scrimmage and beat that opponent, whether it's a bigger cornerback, faster cornerback, physically get the cornerback, a, a guy who may be a little more handsy at the line of scrimmage, a guy who may, be, who may sag off the line of scrimmage and give him some cushion. He has a plan for whoever it is across from him, and that's why his release, his get-off, so to speak, is so great off the line of scrimmage. But when you talk about Devontae Adams, we're talking about how great he is. I mean, top two receiver, I mean, you can make him one or two. I heard a discussion on NFL Network. They were going between Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams and going back and forth with that discussion. I'm not here to do that, but he's definitely a top two wide receiver in my view. When you look at his game and what he's able to do so well, is there anything, because every player, I don't care who you are, and the great ones always will tell you this themselves. They'll say, I can get better. With Devontae Adams, if you look at his game today, what would you say he can do to get better? I wouldn't say he can get better at this because this is more innate, but he's not a burner, so he's not going to get behind the defense with speed. He, he may not get a quick step on you. Like I said, he wins at the beginning of his route. He, mm -hmm. He's not a Tyreek Hill, obviously. But as far as like what he can get better at, I actually think he's the best receiver in football. Now, of course, he's going to tell you there are fine technical things that he needs to tune up on, and he probably knows that more than I do, even if I watch him every game and watch a few of his games. But I've been watching with the Packers, and I would say he's probably the best all-around receiver that's not a burner. 
And even if you want to compare him to a Tyreek Hill who's dynamic and can beat you for 50 yards, Devontae Adams can do the same thing. He's just not going to do it with speed. Right, and he's going to do it in that that first jump off the line, which is why I thought the description of his Terminator helmet was so cool because he's so good off the line and, and as the play kicks off that, that it's just remarkable. So he creates that space and he creates the ability to get open and get downfield without that, you know, just breakneck speed. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Now, we talked about Derek Carr. Derek Carr uh, and, and Devontae Adams, obviously their history. A lot, people are counting a lot on the fact that they have that chemistry. But in that Pivot interview, he also said, look, I'm not here just so people say, oh, isn't it nice that Derek and Devontae are so close, such great friends. He wants to win a championship. It's all about a trophy for him. But coming over and Aaron Rodgers and what he was able to do versus Derek Carr um, how much of an adjustment is it going to be for him? I mean, I know they're working on it. It looks good in practice, obviously, because they've been lighting it up this week in Vegas. But what's the difference for him as a receiver having a quarterback that has a little bit different skill set? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I guess it will be timing, but they practiced it and they worked together during the offseason. So I... I wouldn't expect a major adjustment there. I mean, yeah. if you can ask ask any reporter that's been at camp, that's been at these practices, the Derek Carr Devontae Adams connection has been money. I, I don't expect any hitch in, in his transition from Green Bay to Las Vegas. Um, whenever you have a quarterback and a wide receiver that, that are already familiar with each other and that already work together in the offseason, huge chances are that connection is gonna be lightning as soon as they come out of the gate. No doubt. And I think that's why a lot of the national narrative I've heard is kind of BS about the, oh, well, Devontae Adams will fall back a little because he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. And I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think necessarily that that, I mean, I guess you look at it or fans will look at it as a knock against Derek Carr, but you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. It's a different, different animal there. But I don't see, I don't see any fall off there because I think Derek Carr gets the ball where he needs to. And I think Devontae Adams is, is he does a lot of that work to get open. And that relationship is so vital. We talked about it over the last couple of years when Henry Ruggs came in, when other receivers came in, that that was the most important thing between the quarterback and the wide receiver. Now I mentioned Hunter Renfro earlier, Mo, and um, what is it? What does Devontae Adams presence mean for Hunter Renfro in his role in that slot and with his skill set, especially in that shorter to intermediary uh, um, part of the field where Hunter Renfro has been so good. Yeah, so Hunter Renfro may be able to attack the field now and not see a safety over the top because that safety is going to be paying attention to Devontae <laughs> Adams. So Devontae Adams is going to get he's going to get bracketed. He's going to get double coverage. And that's going to, and as I said earlier, that's going to open up the field for Hunter Renfro in the middle of the field. That's going to open up Darren Waller in the seams. So they'll benefit from just having Devontae Adams' presence. Just him being on the field, knowing that you have to know where number 17 is, helps everyone else. And Hunter Renfro last year probably saw some double teams as he was the best wide receiver on the field for the Raiders. And now the field's going to open up for him, and I'll be able to, he'll be able to rack up more yards after the catch this year with Devontae Adams on the outside. 
And that's what's so remarkable about his talent, about Adam's talent, because like you said, he's not the burner, right? The burner is a guy usually you have to, the safety has to watch that guy who can go vertical. When you talk about the differences between him and like a Tyreek Hill, uh, although I think Devontae Adams overall, even though Hill is very dynamic, Adams clearly a better receiver. And and the fact that they have to pay attention to him without that speed is is speaks to the talent he has. But we'll expand the conversation now a little bit. Talk about the wide receivers now. Uh, we look at this young group who's really done well in the preseason. To me, it's one of the things that that I look to in rewatching the games. I watched the last two games again this past weekend after the Dolphins game. And what's been remarkable to me is how good that unit has been. Not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And you got some young guys out there. But when you look at Keelan Cole, Mac Hollins, Tyron Johnson, uh, and DJ Turner, uh, they all have done really, really well. And I think that that competition, we've talked about it on this show, right? That we felt like this is going to go into the season. You might have a rotation of guys. But let's start with Keelan Cole coming over uh, and having the experience he's had in the league and what you've seen from him in the preseason, uh, how do you think that when in that room with the competitive, competitiveness going on, how do you look at Keelan Cole and what his role could be with this team based on the three games you've seen? I think he'll be a lesser version of Nelson Aguilar where he can give you a big play when you need it because uh, he's had a couple of big plays over the last two preseason games against the Vikings and against the Dolphins. And I think he's, I, I wouldn't say he solidified his spot in the roster, but I, I expect him to make the roster and probably have more catches than Matt Collins, even though we probably can figure Matt Collins is say he didn't suit up against the Dolphins. So that probably means they're just saving him for the season. Right. But Matt, between Matt Collins and Keelan Cole, I think Keelan Cole is going to have more catches and more yards simply because he has, as you mentioned, he has that experience playing a bigger role. So I think I'm not saying he's going to put the same numbers as Nelson Aguilar had in 2020. But when you need a guy to give you a 15, 16, 17, maybe 20 yarder downfield, Keelan Cole can do that. The interesting conversation comes down to who the Raiders keep between T. Billy, Tyron Johnson, and DJ Turner. And right now I have I have Tyron Johnson slightly ahead of DJ Turner. If the Raiders keep five wide receivers, that would mean DJ Turner goes to the practice squad. But if they keep six, they can keep both Tyron Johnson and DJ Turner. Yeah, and Johnson is that guy too. I think who can give you the big play, right? And and he's a guy right. who I I've been impressed with. DJ Turner, no question, has played well too, especially uh, the last game as well. But to me, uh, Johnson just he's got he's got that it factor for me at that role um, with that with the ability to break it open as well. And certainly a guy that that I'm going to keep an eye on. And I think you're right. I think he'll he'll make the roster uh, unless something crazy happens in between, which I don't expect. Um, Mo, you had talked to me as we were getting ready for the show about the running back situation. Let's talk about that a little bit and some of the thoughts you have there. Yeah, a lot of people on Twitter have asked, do I think Britton Brown is going to make it? Or they either push back on my running back depth chart that I tweeted. I had Josh Jacobs as Amir White as the one-two punch at the top of the depth chart. Then I had Amir Abdullah in the James White pass catching role. Then I had Brandon Bolden who's going to share the pass catching role with Amir Abdullah, but also play a lot of special teams and kind of be a special teams captain. So a lot of people said, well, where's, where's Britton Brown? He's been playing well the last two games. Why do you not have him on, on the depth chart? Because the pay, he, a lot of people brought the Patriots kept five running backs. when they initially finalized their, their 50 man roster last year. And I did some digging. I did a lot of research on this and it turns out that the Patriots only had one quarterback on their final roster going into last season <laughs> because 
they cut Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham went on pup and Jarrett Stidham didn't um, become active until week 10. So with only one quarterback on the depth chart, they had extra space to keep a guy elsewhere. And this is why you saw the extra running back. J.J. Taylor was the fifth running back on the Patriots depth chart, but he didn't play week one. He was inactive. He did play the following week, but he only played five total games that year. So really the Patriots had a rotation of four backs. They had Damian Harris, they had Ramondre Stevenson, they had James White for three games, then he got hurt, missed the rest of the season. So then Brandon Bolden moved up a slot, and then J.J. Taylor had some games, as, as I said, a handful of games five played. So, but again, basically four running backs. So I think this is what you're going to see with the Raiders. As I said, Jacob, Samir White, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden. A lot of people don't think Brandon Brown is going to clear uh, where is it? They think someone else is going to pick him up and that may happen. But as I said in a previous show, be careful falling in love with the running back who runs for a bunch of yards in the preseason. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to land on the roster. We saw Absolutely. it with Chris Warren. Yep, Chris Warren is the guy, and Murph brings that up every time we do a show with him, and he's right. He's right. And I think as well, you have a situation where we talked about this throughout the preseason. The Raiders are going to have final cuts when they do the final cuts, and you're going to have guys, and you're going to say, oh, man, I can't believe they cut him. Because, again, we do, as fans, we fall in love with guys because they go out, and we're rooting for them. I think that's where it comes from. It comes from, especially a young guy, you're rooting for them, um, and they've done well. And so you feel like, okay, they've earned a spot or I can't believe they let them go. But that's a good thing because that tells you that you're bringing in good talent and you're creating a level of competition that makes the entire team better. So that's a very, very good thing. Okay, we are up against our first break. When we come back, we are going to switch gears a little bit. And I'm going to ask the question, and, and this is out there now, is Alex Leatherwood on the trading block? Really? We'll talk about that, as well as a GM, a former GM in the NFL, said that he made the worst cut he's ever made, and it just happens to be somebody that's currently on the Raiders roster. So we'll talk about that when we get back. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already done that, make sure you do it wherever you can, wherever you get your podcast. That's where you can find us. Also, we're up on YouTube. You can see the show up on YouTube. Subscribe there. Hit the notifications bell so you don't miss a show. Uh, so you can join Mo and I and watch us as we uh, pontificate on Raiders football. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Silver and Black Today. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 